0: Hello and welcome to episode 50 of North Point Plus. 50! The big 5 Halfway to 100. We're going to be retiring soon. That's what happens. We're man, right now, oh the, the, man. The
1: midlife crisis. That's right. <laughs> 50. That's like almost a year. Almost. I, I actually Someone was... say it's close to a year. I, I actually was thinking this morning, I thought like do we have a season two is it season two episode one (laughs) or uh when we hit september is that the case or do we just go this is episode 397 of (laughs) north point plus uh all the coolest podcasts
0: that i know of just they just keep the count going so Except some of them have seasons. Some do seasons if they take time off, but at North Point Plus, we never take time off. We
1: Because we have a message every week.
0: Because we just, it's that important. That's good. So that I've yeah. seen where they've do, they'll do they do like season one and season two, and it'll be like, it's this summer, we're doing our season two, and it's like, oh, pff, you only do podcasts in the summer. North
1: Point does it every, every week. Every week. So like, you you can binge, but you can only binge backwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly yes yeah we're, we're not glad you're here releasing releasing bulk podcasts that's there there we <laughs> not go on our end uh, yeah welcome to North Point plus this is our uh, follow-up podcast to our Sunday mornings we gather together every Sunday uh, do life together we had an awesome Sunday this past Sunday it celebrating baptism communion uh, worshiping through singing reading the word it was awesome it was a great Sunday it was a good super, d- good super day fun. Um, and so this podcast allows us to keep the celebration going, keep the conversation going, uh, dive into some questions, dive back into the message if there were things that were unclear. So thanks for submitting questions, uh, Rick. We are almost done with our series on Colossians, and I know that we're almost done because we're almost at the end of the
1: book. That's true, <laughs> and and um, it's probably oh excuse me, it's probably good to just say I had a conversation with somebody a few weeks ago that said, "Are we out of Colossians yet? Can't we get out of Colossians?" And, and I, I, Deb and I were talking about it this morning, and I, and I said, um, I, think, I just think that it's so important to be able to do a study like this, not to do it all the time, but to do a study like this so that you have a clear sense of big picture context of an entire book, an entire letter, and so that we're not just taking stuff, picking and choosing where we go from. You, you, have, to, you have to deal with what you have to deal with yep. when you're preaching through it, an entire book.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that we can cherry pick. You just kind of preach yep. what's there, which is really cool. And I would say even from my own experience, like looking back at my life, like the the books of the Bible that I know best yeah. are books that have been preached through that yep. I've like set under that teaching. And so I can already th- like I'm already thinking back on messages that we've done with Colossians where it's like, oh, man, like I feel like I know this book yeah. so well. Because we've taken the time to go through it. And we're not gonna like we're saying we're not gonna do that with every single book for with every single sermon series from now on until the end. But it is really cool to do every now and then. Love it. Love it, love it. Um, so as we're wrapping up with Colossians, uh, you preached this past week on this topic of prayer that Paul kind of throws in at the end of the letter. Um, so kind of unpack a little bit, uh, like a 30-second pitch of what we talked about this past Sunday. Yeah, it,
1: um, I, I would say I, I, when I was thinking about the podcast today and I was thinking, I really kind of want to do the intro to the message again. Um, yeah. um, just in terms of saying it's all about, it's all about context, because it yeah. really is is very easy to just look at Colossians 4, 2 through 6 and just pull that out and say, okay, what's that say? Yeah. But when you take a look and say, okay, the entire letter is all about how important Jesus is. And if Jesus is the most important thing, there's stuff that we got to get rid of our life. There are things that we have to incorporate into our lives. We've got to get God's Word into us. That impacts our relationships. And there's this aspect of how that connects with what's going on inside us and with how we interact with people who don't know Jesus. And that's really what two through six is, is all about. It's, it is Paul's admonition, Paul's encouragement to go ahead and pray, but to pray for him too and to pray for opportunities that, um, that there might be um, conversations about who Jesus is and Jesus' ability to transform people's lives. Um, the language he uses, the mystery of Christ.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's so there's so much that you can dive into this, and that's actually that's one of the questions I wanted to dive into. I don't always ask this, but I'm curious, especially with this week, because there were outside factors of things that just take time in the service, like right. baptism takes time, communion takes time, and so I know things kind of end up on the chopping block just because of that. But are are there things that didn't really make it into the message that you wanted to address and talk about, either because we just didn't have time or because it didn't kind of fit with where you were going with the message? I'm curious what what didn't make it in.
1: Yeah, um, there actually, it was really interesting because I was editing on the fly for a number of reasons. Um, I I wasn't feeling particularly good yesterday. And so so I was thinking, oh, I don't really need to say that. Uh, I want to jump into that, but I... I, I said to Mark ahead of, ahead of time. There, the there's camera. Um, I I said one of two things is going to happen. I'm either I'm so sick that I'm either going to go really really short and just say oh I don't need to say that and and just kind of hit highlights or. Um, I'm going to go so long that it's going to be, this. This message is going to be 45 or 50 minutes, um, and I think I ended up okay in, yeah. in terms of where we were time wise. But there, there was one phrase in particular that I that I really would have liked to talk about. Um, I think it's in verse uh, verse um, five where it says, "Be wise in the way that you walk with outsiders, making the most of, of every opportunity." Yeah, um, that we talked about the outsider's concept that those are people who don't know Jesus. And we talked about the need for wisdom and what that might look like in terms of how we interact. What, what I didn't really talk about was in the original language that be wise in the way that you interact, um, is, is a Greek word. That's the, the word is peripateo. Um, mm. and if you're, if you uh, way back when were doing your study prep for ACT or SAT exams or, or um, graduate school entry stuff and you're doing all the English stuff, you may recognize the word peripatetic. Do you know the word peripatetic, Mark? I, I looked it up earlier <laughs> after you said it. I was like, peripatetic? You mean paralytic? <laughs> no, peripatetic. Peripatetic. <Paraplegic? laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, another guy I served with on staff a number of years ago would talk about, oh, yeah, the peripatetic manner of, uh, of this person or that person, of Aristotle. Um, peripatetic means that you, that you teach as you go. So um, so if you have this picture in your mind of Aristotle with all of his groupies um walking alongside him through the through the agora through the forum through whatever and teaching people just as he went through everyday life in a in in a very real way like what Jesus did yeah. that was a peripatetic style of ministry that's different than like when he sat down in the synagogue read the scripture Sat down and and then began t- to teach. Sure, um, that's a more classroom style. Peripatetic is that it happens as you walk. And what that or what the original language says is, um, be wise in the way that you interact with outsiders. Be wise in the way in the peripatetic mm. way that you that you interact with the world. Yeah. So um, the I think the 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 word that I had um. um if, the, if I were going to translate it, I would probably have translated, as you walk among unbelievers, because there is this picture of walking. That's, yeah. that's the um, pathetic, uh, the, the pad um, root in the Latin, in the Greek there. Um, it's as you walk. Um, as you walk among unbelievers, be wise, making the most of every opportunity. Um so uh, to me it was that's significant cuz there's just a really kind of cool image in that that as you're as you're engaged with people live an everyday life you got to be wise and you have to make sure that you take advantage of, of the opportunities that that are there um that walking image um that's an image that's there through scripture um yeah. and, and through Paul's writing over and over again where he says watch how you walk uh, be careful how you walk. Walk this way, as as I follow Christ, follow me. Um, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love I love putting it in that context of that everyday life as you do everyday life because we we so often kind of read scripture and put it into this kind of formal context of oh when I enter into the formal conversation of sharing yeah. Jesus with a non believer then I make the most of that opportunity. And Paul is saying no like like this is. Every part of your everyday life is meant to be like. Yeah.
1: that. Yeah, it's a, the, one of the one of the best illustrations. And I don't know if I don't know if my guys listen to this podcast or not. But um, the uh, last February, uh, w- oh, I went skiing with three guys oh, yeah, from yeah. North Point, and um, we went out to Utah to ski for three days. It was great. If you're interested in skiing this winter with us. Comment (laughs) forward, like, do something, let us know. Um, Anyway, we we went out to Utah to ski for three days, and it was really, really fun because um, in between skiing, going to the grocery, fixing food, playing cards, um, uh, complaining about our aches and pains from skiing, (laughs) bragging about who could go the fastest, who had the best wipeout, all that kind of stuff. We had all these spiritual conversations. We talked about work, about what everybody was doing workwise, investments, all kinds of stuff. But all uh, woven all the way through that, there were multiple conversations about about God and about what He's how He's working and the challenges that we have as as friends, as dads, as leaders, yeah. whatever to live that out. And that really was a peripatetic, peripatetic kind of experience in that. Um, we're just all the time talking about stuff, um, and and that's the picture that's there. You know, as you're skiing, pray for opportunities. As you're working on the car, pray for opportunities. As you're watching your kid score a goal, pray for opportunities.
0: Yeah. So speaking of opportunities, this brings up another thing that we were we were going to talk about. Uh,
1: our good friend Herman, hermeneutics.
0: Hi <laughs> yeah, Mr. Herman. <laughs> Mr. Hermeneutics, you brought up <laughs> I, and I used hermeneutics in the in the message. <laughs> yes. Actually, as we dive in, is it worth defining for people what what are what is Herman doing? <laughs> What's our good friend Herman all about? Uh,
1: hermeneutics is it actually that's the the um, terminology, the specific term that you use to talk about how to interpret scripture. Yeah. So it's it's a five dollar word that basically means how you interpret scripture. Yeah. So so
0: with with interpreting scripture and how we look at it, we were talking before, and you kind of brought up uh, w- with this phrase of making the most of every opportunity, um, kind of unpack how this phrase has been uh, mishermeneuticized <laughs> in the past and the proper way of. Uh, understanding the context, like you said before, understanding the context that this phrase of making the most of every opportunity is um, what what Paul is actually driving at in the, in his letter to the Colossians.
1: Yeah, when I was in college, I had a, a mentor um, who has who has since passed. He ended up with a disease and died. But a guy who made a huge impact on my life, on Deb's life, on the people that I traveled with when I was in college, um, and and really learning how to do ministry, but. He was all about leadership and management and um, effectiveness. And um, uh, his, well, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, um, his name was Roy Mays, um, just a terrific, terrific man. And, and really challenged people to think about how to live each day to its fullest for the glory of God. Yeah. But he used this verse uh, from Colossians 4, that this phrase, making the most of every opportunity, to teach us about time management. And um, and when I was prepping the message last week, I thought, oh man, I can hear Roy's voice saying, making the most of every opportunity, and and recognized that it was that was a really um, bad hermeneutic in right. that it <laughs> didn't have anything to do with time management. <laughs> this verse doesn't have anything to do with time management yeah. the principle about looking for opportunities and using the opportunities as wisely as you can that's a good solid biblical principle that applies in every aspect of our life yep. it applies at work it applies um in our in our downtime it, it that's all good it's good in the time management sense yep. that's not what paul was talking about <laughs> paul was paul was talking about just not missing um the setup that God gives. It's it's, it's um, if I may go sports analogy on you, Marco. Um, <laughs> I know it, I might miss it. <laughs> um, it it is it's when the guy is passing the ball on basketball court, and he sees the person who is all by himself underneath the basket for a layup, and instead he passes to somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's like no. Ah! That's an opportunity, and you let it go for the guy. Kind of scored uh, a home run and you know. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Bowled a field goal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so th- th- that's, that's the thing. When God sets the stage, we don't want to say in retrospect, oh, yeah, I guess I could have said something at that point in time. It yeah. really is. It's being aware of God and the way that he's working and and aware of your surroundings that's that whole wisdom piece yeah. to be able to have the right word at the right time to to and and to be prayed up so that so that God is the one who's speaking um right. in in the midst of that moment
0: yeah well it almost like again it's it's not it's not about the time management of it but there there's some level of ma- Management is maybe the wrong word of it, but understanding the value and priority of the relationships that God's put around you. So I love looking at it from this this aspect of it's almost like you can you can learn from the reverse of don't don't look back and see that you've wasted opportunities. Right. Don't look back and see that you've wasted time and that you've mismanaged yeah. your relationships that you can look back on all of these conversations that you've had and you can look back on years of family and friendship ties and think like oh my gosh like I haven't valued that person right because I've just I've missed it I've missed the opportunity because I didn't value what God put in front of me
1: yeah and and recognize that that's true no matter what stage of life you're in and I just right. as, you, as you were talking I was thinking oh that's a great example so right after the service yesterday um, a mom came up to me um a mom with young kids and said can i talk to you about something and i said yeah. yeah and um so we sat down and and um sat down with she and her daughter and her daughter because of seeing the baptism said this is that's something that i really need to do mm. and and just had a real um sense of conviction about her need to publicly declare for Jesus and and her conviction of sin yeah. and and the and everything that's involved in baptism fresh start all that kind of stuff that that was a a a, um, a moment hmm. that a mom was tuned into when it would have been very easy for her to say no, we gotta get home, we gotta get to lunch, we gotta do whatever. Yep. Um and and likewise with her daughter, it would have been very easy for her to have the sense that's a step I need to take, but to think, eh, I'm gonna talk to mom later about it. Sure. Um sure. so so there is um, it it I think it I think they happen all around us that that we that God's work in. And that um, we just need to recognize that, respond to it in the moment to pursue it yeah. and to know that God's, um, God's agenda for our lives is much better than our agenda for our lives. God's God's schedule is much better than our schedule. I like that.
0: God's got an agenda.
1: Yep. Cool. Well, we got some questions. Yeah, and they kind of relate to what we talked
0: about on Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, first one: Can someone please scat about
1: Satan? <laughs>
0: there you go. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked the
1: question. I'm moving on. I, I, you know, I should have taken a class and and learned to scat. You didn't cover that in your music classes? I, the, um, we only talked about it when we talked about jazz, but it's not something that you can just spontaneously do.
0: No, and it's hard. I had a, um, a few friends in college that were music majors, and there was one friend that was incredibly gifted with music. She was an incredible vocalist, um, played viola, played she, piano, just incredible musician. And the jazz band asked her to sing with them and to scat. And I remember listening to her thinking, you are such a good vocalist. You are not a good scatter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Clearly, this is your first time. It's, it's, <laughs> so uh, it's a, it a is, difficult
1: thing. It's a skill. It's like saying, oh... You can keep rhythm, so you can beatbox. Right. <laughs> uh, no. Don't try that again. Um, I, I, let me just... The, so what was the question? Uh, can
0: someone pl- please scat about Satan scatting? It would be so good, and Jesus would uh, like it. Let, <laughs> me, let me
1: just allow you to climb inside my mind at this point for a second. So when I'm working on the on the thing and thinking, oh, specific, you, we need to pray specifically. We need to pray consistently. We need to pray alertly. We need to pray thankfully. Man, that's a great acronym. Yeah. And when we do, it makes Satan... Scat. It makes <laughs> Satan run away. I, you know, I, pure little Rick mind. I, I'm thinking <laughs> scat cat. That that. And so I'm thinking, oh, that's a great acronym: specific, consistent, alert, thankful. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and never until i saw the question this morning never even thought oh scat like musically i didn't even think yeah. about it and i s- didn't think oh hunters scat physiological scat um uh, well no i didn't think that which which makes all the more sense in the world because someone after one of the services came up to me and said you know i'm not going to go with scat i'm actually going to go with cats uh, and i thought oh that's really interesting uh, yeah you could do Cats or Axe or or um, cast. Yeah, what you could pick whatever acronym you want, but so with those, f- pick your favorite. <laughs> yeah, or you can stick with scat. I'm yeah, gonna stick with scat. Scat I'm, scat, I'm scat a, Satan. I'm a purist. I'm gonna scat go with the Satan. <laughs> I actually looked for some scat music. Someone sh- certainly at some point in time should have scatted about about the devil. Um but I <laughs> couldn't. Have, I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Maybe that's for the best. That's probably (laughs) Maybe there's a reason we can't. Yeah. All
0: right. We got a a question from Brenda M. uh, relating to prayer. Should we anoint others in prayer, and should this be done corporately? Should this be done privately? Should it be done at all? What do we think about anointing when it comes to prayer?
1: Great, great question. Um, I don't remember talking about that in the message, but that's okay, and that's why I like the podcast, because it's kind of like – uh stuff comes up, you can you just kind of go there. A yeah. um, little historical background, context. Um, anointing is something that was done um, historically. We don't do it in, the, in America, uh, but in the Jewish culture. Prophets were anointed by God. Um, uh, priests were anointed by God. Uh, kings were anointed Um, before they assumed their role as king. So prophet, priests, and kings were all anointed, and and what happened in that is that they would pour oil on on the person's head, and it was symbolic of God's presence coming on them into their role. Um, uh, Really kind of, excuse me, a pretty cool thing. Um, Like I said, we don't do that, although that would be an interesting thing if we did. When we elected officials, if we anointed them with oil and yeah. prayed for them, um, the uh, so um, so how's that? How's that relate in terms of when we're talking about praying and whether we should anoint people? In James chapter five, it um, uh, James says, "Hey, look, if if anybody is among you, well, let me let me just read it. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray." Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Um, you know, cool scripture in James chapter 5, mm. um, that where James just says to the church, if somebody's sick and they need God to intervene, um, there's a there is uh, symbolism in that. There's not any healing power in the oil, but right. there's something that's that's just really cool about saying, God, we want Your presence to come into the person yeah. and to provide healing in a way that only You can. Um, that is something that we do. That um, it's not uncommon for uh, for the elders to to anoint somebody um, with oil. It, again, if you look at James chapter five, the that's not something that the that the elders just did automatically. It's not like mm. they go out among the the congregation and flip oil on people, and <laughs> so that they'll get well. Yeah. Um, but that that is something that's requested by someone, yeah. um, and um, and so that's something that that happens several times a year um, yeah. in the elders' meetings.
0: So, like, uh, let me push the question a little further. So, let's say you're a family and. I don't know. You've got a kids are going to school. You've got to keep yeah. going off to college soon. Is yeah. it appropriate for a family to uh, pray a blessing over their child as they move into school and use oil in that? Or if I'm, I don't know. I'm try, I'm trying to think of other scenarios that are yeah. outside of that context of elders and healing. Is that appropriate for families to do? What, what are you I would,
1: uh, yeah, I would, I would say this. There's certainly not anything unbiblical about it, sure. um, or anti-biblical about it. Let me say it that way. Yeah. Um, there, there wouldn't be any scripture that would say, "Oh no, don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do." Yeah. Um, in the same way, I, I, wouldn't say that there's anything that limits that to the to something that would be done by the elders. Yeah. I think if you look big picture principle and say, okay. Um, Someone in authority that God had allowed to be in authority Mm. was the person who anointed uh, prophet, priests, and kings. Um, The elders that God has has, uh, put in a place of authority pray for the people in the church. Uh, So for mom and dad, who God has clearly put in a role of authority over their kids to pray uh, as as their child goes uh, goes out to college or goes to school or or goes to get married or whatever starts a new job, mm. um, I think that that's that's a great application um, that for each person each family that they may want to do that that would be a cool thing. That's yeah. it's not probably something that's all that common, yep. but but nothing wrong in that, and that could be um, something real powerful in terms of the symbolism. Again, the oil is just a symbol of the presence of God.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's great.
1: Good question. Thanks, Brenda. Blessing for to for God. Yeah.
0: yeah, thanks, Brenda. Um, last question. And this is, again, one of those things that didn't really relate to what you talked about yeah. on Sunday. But it's just fun to see what pops up for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, earlier... The submitted question is, how does Colossians 2.16 shape the way that we view the Sabbath? How is this reconciled with Hebrews 4, 9 through 11? So earlier, uh, I'll read the passage in Colossians 2. Um, this is a few weeks ago for those that have good memories. <laughs> yeah. um, as we work through Colossians, Colossians 2.16 uh, says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regards to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So it seems like in Colossians, there is a de-emphasis on the celebration or the recognition or how we work through the Sabbath in our own lives. Let no one pass judgment on you in terms of regards to the Sabbath or these festivals or things like that. And then we can go to Hebrews chapter 4, which seems to re-emphasize the importance of the Sabbath. So how do we reconcile this? Is, this? is this the silver bullet that we've missed with Scripture? That the conflict, There's a yeah. conflict. There's, yeah. a, uh, there's a contradiction, and we've just missed it. And so we should lock our doors, turn off the lights, and North Point's done for now <laughs> because we've missed it. I know that's not the heart behind the question. Yeah, not but, at all. Uh,
1: yeah. is, that what, is that what's happening here? In a word, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> simple answer, simple answer, no. The, um, again, I, I feel like we talk about this a lot, in, um, in this podcast, but context matters a ton. Um, context helps clear stuff up. And that's why I, like I would always say to someone, well, when I'm doing my study, um, in prep for, for messages, I will, I will be very intentional to make sure that I read significantly ahead of the passage that we're dealing with significantly afterwards, um, uh, may not read the entire book, but I'm gonna. I want to make sure that I have a good picture of the context of of um, what a particular topic is being talked about. Yeah. So in in Colossians two, if you think back to Jake's message, it it really um, that's been a number of weeks ago, but it really is about having the spirit of legalism. That yeah. there were people in the church. In Colossae, and again, it's not a big church. It's not in a, in a big famous city. It's not a mega church with thousands. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. But in the church, there were people who had become followers of Jesus, that their background was Jewish. There, are, there were people who had become followers of Jesus that were Gentiles, that were not Jewish. And so um, if you just think about what it would be like to grow up in a system where there was a clear 612 laws. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. And then to follow Jesus and and to go through the process of saying, oh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. What's that mean? Do I keep doing those things or not? Do I keep obeying the festivals? Do I keep doing all those things that we've done all this time? Yeah. That's not what makes us right with God. Jesus' stuff on the cross is what makes us right with God. How do I process that? So Colossians 2 is really all about don't have the spirit of legalism, particularly about the Sabbath, yeah. uh, but, but about festivals, about uh, all those things. It's so important to get to the heart and not just the external yeah. obedience thing. Hebrews, on the other hand, is is really kind of an interesting thing in that the writer of Hebrews is trying to communicate— um, I, I think when I, w- when I was looking at this, I think um, a bigger picture, because it's not really just about the Sabbath, it's about rest. Right. It's, a, it, it's about having this sense of, uh, of rest here, but eternal rest too. Because in chapter 3, it, it talks about um, that there were people that didn't experience Sabbath rest, Jews who didn't experience Sabbath rest because their hearts were hard. Um, which is interesting because lots of us don't experience Sabbath rest because our yeah. hearts are hard. Yeah. And, but the bigger but the, the bigger context is not in the day-to-day life here on earth in Hebrews 4. I, I think without having done a deep dive into Hebrews 4, I think it really is about the bigger picture sense. Um, of experience the Sabbath rest, the rest in eternity that comes from not having a hardened heart. Yeah. Um, and so there's we. The, what are the takeaways in terms of how you put those things together? Don't have a spirit of legalism, and don't have a hardened heart. Yeah. Um, and that's going to show up in all kinds of areas. It's going to show up in that that you may have conviction about. Uh, about any number of things. For a Jewish person, they may have had a conviction to say, I'm still going to honor the Sabbath because that's been a part of who we are since the beginning of time. Yeah. And and I think that there's a Sabbath principle for us there that's really important for us to do. But I'm not going to demand that my obedience, my my implementation of the Sabbath principle, the way that I do that is the way that you have to do it too. That's yeah. um, uh, That's, that's, I think, a fundamental piece that, um, when we take a principle, something that God convicts us about, and we say, "Oh, everyone has to have that same conviction," yep. that's what creates a spirit of legalism. Yep. And, fr- and frankly, that's what has created eight zillion denominations <laughs> beca- be- because because theologians have said, "No, this is the way. This is the way you need to understand that." Yep. And, um, and, and like I would say, I, at North Point, we would say. Yeah, I get that, but that doesn't mean everybody has to land there um on on issues of what we would call secondary theology. Right. Um so so um accepting what God calls you to do, putting that into practice, that's so important. That's living out the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. But being careful to not mandate that for everybody else. That's that's a piece that's there. And then, um, secondarily, that that we just not allow ourselves to get hard. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a. I mean, it, it, we can say this for another podcast if we want to. But that I, what you just talked about, I think, is a, is a good discussion point for us. Of how do we how do we distinguish then? So let's say you know here here Paul is talking about the Sabbath that I, I want you to rest, but don't legalize it. So how do we then, with confidence, talk about other areas of Scripture that? Seem pretty definitive in terms of, let's say, like a sinful behavior, like adultery or whatever it might be. How do we then say, well, isn't, isn't Rick, aren't you doing the same thing? Aren't you taking a principle that's applied for you of you don't live your life that way? But how do you have the authority to go to someone else and say, no, you also can't live that way? I, I think, and I'm, uh, I'm springing this on you. Yeah, so. that's
1: no, that's okay. I, th- I think that the heart of the answer to that question. Is whether it becomes about what Scripture says or what I say. Mm. Um, so, so I, like I would, I would, um, I would separate clear biblical teaching on right and wrong. Yeah, and to recognize that for me as a teacher, for you as a teacher, we have a responsibility to teach that properly, right. to teach that in context, to teach that with, with a sense of boldness, because obviously God has given us that in his word for a reason. He knows what's best for us. Yeah. So, um, uh, But it's up to each of us to accept and internalize and to put that into practice. Hmm. And um, and while we have a responsibility as, as uh, shepherds, as leaders, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to encourage each other to follow Jesus more closely, to mm. live according to Scripture, um, that the, um, the there is always this sense of, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna put that into practice in my life? And when we get um, when when we get legalistic about about the way that others live that out, um, according to our terms, it, get, it gets dangerous. So for somebody who is struggling with sin, I, I want to have the opportunity to say, do you understand what scripture says? And then to pray for them. And and if they ask for accountability, to hold them accountable, uh, accountable to those things, um, but not necessarily to go banging the door down and say, you've, You've got to get this thing fixed correctly. Mm-hmm. That it's a, it's a there's a really um, interesting tension in that. That yeah. um, when I looked at the question, we were talking about this concept. I thought Scripture is clear that that um, over and over again, Peter, First uh, Peter, wherever it says, "Be holy as I'm holy," that's a command. Be holy, yep. be holy. Well, holiness, uh, holy, holiness. Your understanding of holiness changes the more, the better you know scripture and the more that you seek God through the process. Mm. So there's some things that in the spirit of holiness that um, that I didn't do 20 years ago Mm. that I do now, because I have a better understanding of who God is. Mm. There are some things that I didn't do then. Uh, I'm the opposite of what I just said, (laughs) that I didn't do then that I do now. Some things that I did do then that I don't do now that are fleshed out in terms of my application of what holiness looks like in my life. The danger is for, again, for me to say, okay, this is what it looks like for you. This is what it looks like for Tim. This is what it looks like for Bill. This is what it looks like for, for, um, you know, for Margaret or whoever. Um, that's, that's the piece that, that, um, that gets tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And yeah, I
1: I w- I was just rambling. Did I answer your question? No, yeah, yeah. I think
0: it's great. I think again it's it's I asked the question because I think there's there's kind of a heart behind this question of how do we reconcile this Sabbath question with scripture because like you said in terms of context that Paul is writing to the church here in Colossae and telling them like hey, you're legalizing this. Like you're you're overemphasizing the good things that God's giving you and you're kind of losing God in the midst of that. And then in the for the church in Hebrews and saying you're not you're not you're not valuing this enough. Right. That you've kind of you've kind of deemphasized the Sabbath so that you don't even rest anymore. And so there's this tension of trying to find, you know, it's not it's not like with scripture that we always just air down the middle of, well, there's this extreme and this extreme and we just go down the middle. But how do we kind of work through this tension? And it's almost like you you land on what Scripture clearly teaches, but I can't necessarily prescribe that this is how it looks in your life for this to always be lived out. So we, we can both agree yeah. we need to avoid sexual sin outside of uh, God's definition of marriage. But I can't exactly prescribe what that looks like for every single person other than what actually is sin. So for some people it might be, hey, you just don't watch movies that take your mind in that place. You don't visit websites that take your mind. You don't follow Instagram accounts, whatever it might be. You might not even have a smartphone, but that's not to say that if you're a Christian and you're following Jesus, you shouldn't have a smartphone. Right? Does that make sense? That's kind of what we're addressing?
1: Yeah, I I think uh, yes. I think there are so many. <laughs> I, I love the phrase that um, uh, I, I can't remember who I heard say it first, and they probably weren't the first person who said it. But um, in Christianity, if you do the do's, you don't have to worry about not doing the don'ts, or something like. If 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 we're if we're if we have so much clarity. About what God has called us to do, how He has called us to live, that we do those things, um, that that shapes and channels our life, um, and keeps us out of gray areas. Um, there are enough gray areas that yeah. exist that we don't have to seek out the gray areas. Yeah. And um, and so when we look for clear biblical teaching on whatever, that's where we start. Yeah. And um, and that we be careful to not mandate. Um, stuff that's not necessarily spelled out in scripture. Yeah. For others.
0: Good. I like it. Yeah. There's your uh, your your impromptu improv. <laughs> yeah. North <laughs> Point okay. question that
1: wasn't really planned,
0: but uh, I think it was a good discussion. That's all I have in terms of questions. Is there anything you else you want to leave people with as we head into the the very last leg of? Of what we're going to tackle in Colossians.
1: Hey, it's it's your last opportunity in the midst of the series to read all the way through the book of Colossians. So, uh, four chapters. Read it. Get set for uh, for this week's message, which I think is just a really interesting passage. It, um, I, when when we were laying out the breakdowns for the uh, for the messages. Um, the title, the working title that I gave this next passage is the characters of Colossae. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's all about people, which yeah. is just really, really interesting. When you look at, um, yeah. uh, that Paul would, um, would give time to all of the people that he mentions Yeah. there. And, um, and that that would be carried down in Scripture. There's, yeah. It's important stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great That's a great challenge. I'm going to officially make that an official challenge for North. Good America for you. To read through it, because I think it will be so cool to go through Colossians with all that we know now yeah. and see what else God reveals. Yeah. Because it might not be the same things that we've talked about. It might be something else entirely that Scripture reveals, and I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that you'll find if you read through Colossians this week is that bits and pieces from the messages over the summer Will bubble up to the top, and it's like, oh, that's how that fits together yeah. in in a
0: really, really good way. I think that'll be cool. Good stuff. Well, thanks for your time. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for submitting questions. Be sure to do all the good social media stuff. Like the video, share the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. And we will uh, we'll wrap up Colossians next Sunday, and then we'll see you next week.